It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. And welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610K when I have number two on your Tuesday afternoon. Our phone number is 547-1610. You can also reach us via email, 610K1A.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Parlor and Facebook at the Bottom Line 610, and our free mobile app available through the Google Play and the Apple Stores. Welcoming into the program to talk about the low-carbon fuel standard and, of course, the as we've been watching this House Bill 1091, um, which will just add more regressive taxes to the pump. Uh, joining us on the line is Dana Bieber. Dana, welcome to the program. We appreciate you taking the time this afternoon. How are you? Hey, Rob. Thanks so much for having me on your show so I can talk with you and your listeners. So we, we know that uh, low-carbon fuel standard in, or anything that has to do with additional taxes related to climate change has been a passion of the governors for some time now. Uh, he has tried and he has failed on multiple fronts uh, to get taxes associated with climate change passed. The low-carbon fuel standard is, is a little bit of a different tact. Uh, it will still add a significant amount of money to the price we pay at the pump, Talk to us a little bit about this tactic being used, how much more we are expecting, and where we are in the process. You bet. Well, you're exactly right. The the governor and certain lawmakers have been at this several times to pass a low-carbon fuel standard. In fact, this is the fourth attempt at passing this costly and ineffective mandate. And what a low-carbon fuel standard does, it effectively taxes higher-carbon fuels and it subsidizes lower-carbon fuels. And what you get with that is increased costs of gasoline. And we know that for a fact because the state of California has had an LCFS in place for about 10 years now, and it's only partially implemented, yet they've already seen the increased cost of gasoline by 24 cents a gallon. But it's even worse here in Washington because the proponents' own analysis of an LCFS uh, predicts that there will be an increased cost of gasoline by 57 cents a gallon. And this, as you mentioned at the top of the program, this is a regressive cost, hurting those who can least afford to pay more. But then it begs the question, okay, well, what would we get for all these increased costs of gasoline? Well, what you wouldn't get, not one dime of this money and these costs would go to transportation improvements, not a penny. And instead, you you won't even get meaningful environmental benefits because we've seen in the state of California that their greenhouse gas emissions reductions due to an LCFS have been less than 1% annually. So it's all costs and no benefits. And that's, Rob, why we need your listeners who care about the cost of gasoline and or care about meaningful environmental policy to contact their legislators and urge them to vote no on House Bill 1091. And we've made it really easy to do so. You can go to our website at affordablefuelwashington.com. And on the homepage, you simply click a button, type in your name and your address, and it goes straight to your legislator and lets them know that you urging them to vote no. So, Dana, let me ask you, because as you alluded to, this has been tried multiple times. I believe you said four times before, and it's failed each time. That is exactly right. They just don't seem to be getting the message. But I do think that the fact that it has failed each and every time, I think it's been because the grassroots supports 
like from people in the Tri-Cities who are contacting the legislators and making their voice heard. You know, it's interesting to note this bill has been before, had a couple, three different policy hearings. And on each and every policy hearing, the proponents, excuse me, the opponents have been two to one for the proponents. So it is definitely known that this is not wanted by the vast majority of Washingtonians, but they just need to make their voices heard. uh, And they can do that by going to affordablefuelwashington.com. You know, Dana, it seems that over the last year, uh, maybe a little bit more than a year, the governor has had more success with his legislative agenda than he had in years past. And, you know, this is the fifth time this is coming around. We know that people in eastern Washington uh, scream and jump up and down when it comes to tax increases, particularly onerous ones. But the voices aren't always heard. Um, So what what do you believe will sway lawmakers on the Democrat side to prevent them from voting in favor of this low carbon fuel standard? Well, that's a good question, Rob. I think they need to hear from their constituents. You know, they're in the Tri-Cities. Now, I'm from the Tri-Cities. I was born and raised there. So I know what it's like. You know, a lot of people live very far from where they live to where they work. So that basic necessity of the cost of gasoline is really significant for somebody in the Tri-Cities, more so than maybe somebody who is in downtown Seattle who has public transportation available to them. So voters need to make sure that their legislators can hear about what these cost increases really mean for them. I mean, again, 57 cents a gallon to the cost of gasoline, and you get nothing for it, get no transportation improvements, and you don't get any meaningful environmental benefits for it. So I really think that what's worked in the past years is for voters to get out and make sure their legislators hear from them. And that's been overwhelmingly successful for us, and we hope it will be again this session. Now, we know that it's going to come for a committee hearing very shortly. What is the do you know the date and time of that hearing as of right now? That hearing was just right before you and I got on the phone. Uh, that hearing wrapped up. And again, we it was two to one for the opponents over the proponents. So that's a good start. Um, and so the next step is if it passed out of the House transportation, if it does, uh, then it would go be up available for consideration by uh, the full House if it gets out of the Rules Committee. So time is of the essence. We really need people to go to affordablefuelwashington.com today, tomorrow at the latest, and really make sure your lawmakers hear from you and know that you oppose House Bill 1091. And it's really simple to do if you go to our website and get a lot of information there about this policy and the cost and what it means and the regressive nature of it. We're talking with Dana Bieber here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 at KONA. Now, Dana, um, two-to-one speaking against is fantastic. I mean, again, it shows that the passion is not lost for making sure that this does not pass. Um, The real question, of course, to put this in perspective, you know, you mentioned 57 additional cents potentially that could hit uh, the gas pump. Where does this put us? uh, We already know that we're in the top five in the United States. Would this make us number one in something? I would think it's a distinction we certainly wouldn't want. And I know that in California, in fact, this is interesting, the California Legislative Analyst Office, and that's the nonpartisan uh, governmental entity that makes recommendations of policy and budget to the California legislature. They recommended uh, that California either eliminate or significantly modify the LCFS because it's so costly and it's ineffective. So why would we want to repeat the same policy here? Well, rational people say that, Dana. Rational people say that. But people that want to drive an agenda, people that are more concerned with um, pleasing special interests, 
don't care about the rational argument because they know that pleasing that special interest is going to be better for their long-term future, maybe not the long-term future of the, of the millions of residents um, that are in their state. So as we continue to look at this and we ask the questions, who are the special interests behind this legislation? You're going to find a, a coalition of environmental special interests who have been pushing an LCFS in the state for a number of years, and they will claim regularly that there are environmental benefits, but there is simply nothing in the data that supports any of their claims. Again, California has only experienced a less than 1% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions annually. So you get all costs and no benefits. There's another important fact about an LCFS that the proponents like to ignore, and that's the fact that over about 70% of the compliance costs in an LCFS would go out of state. So what that really means is we would increase the cost here for Washingtonians and increase cost of gasoline, but the compliance cost would benefit farmers in other states and even in other countries. And that's one of the many reasons the Tri-City Herald wrote a very compelling editorial urging local lawmakers to reject House Bill 1091. It's all costs and no benefits. So, Dana, let me ask you this, okay, because you alluded to the Midwest. We know that there are a lot of biofuels that are produced in Iowa, in in Nebraska, Kansas, so on and so forth. How much of a piece of the biofuel pie do Washington State farmers have? And is this something that uh, we could see any type of a benefit for an increased demand that could be met by Washington state farmers, or is this just going to hammer everybody um, in the state without really any type of a small sliver of positive? Well, Rob, you alluded to the exact point. Yes, this benefits farmers, but farmers in the Midwest. It does not benefit farmers in Washington state, and that's why farm organizations, um, Washington State Farm Bureau and many others, are uh, urging a no vote on this measure because our state um, doesn't have ethanol production, and we don't grow the feedstocks that are necessary for that. That's done in other states, Iowa, Midwestern states. So it isn't a benefit to the farmers at all. It's, in fact, just increased cost to them, again, to get their goods to market, making them even less competitive against those Midwest farmers. Now, Dana, we're talking with Dana Baby here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 K. Dana, let me ask you this because we know that things tie together very nicely when it comes to certain industries. And we know that uh, when you're talking about adding uh, costs to petroleum, those costs get passed on down the line. So it may be 57 cents that will be added to the pump, but in all reality, this low-carbon fuel standard will also increase the price of food. It will increase the price of goods. Uh, how much overall could we be looking at an increase in what Washingtonians pay outside of the pump? That's an excellent question, Rob. So we've done an analysis of what it would cost for the increased cost that we would all pay at the pump, and that would be about $900 per family. Now, to your point, that's just to put gas into our cars to get us all, drive our kids to school, get us all to work. But there are all those other hidden costs. The food production costs will increase. Getting the goods to market will increase. You know, we've all been in our homes uh, most of the time this past year, and most of us have been ordering packages from Amazon. And all those kinds of costs, those costs increase, and they always get pushed down to consumers. So everywhere you look at this, it's all costs and no benefit. Dana Bieber, appreciate your time this afternoon. For anyone who wants to find more information uh, on the topic and about uh, those that are fighting as hard as they can against this low-carbon fuel standard, what is the website and, and what is the way that people can uh, have their voice heard as well? 
really easy. There's a lot of terrific information on our website at affordablefuelwashington.com. On our homepage, you simply click one button and you type in your name, your address, and it will send a message to your legislator letting them know that you are opposed to House Bill 1091. It's really simple. Affordablefuelwashington.com. Dana Bieber, thank you very much for your time today. Best of luck in the fight, and of course, we will be following. Thanks, and we appreciate the support of you and your uh, listeners. Thanks, Rob. Absolutely. Going to take a quick time out. Back with more. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Lot to digest. Tell you. Seems like it's always something else. Ain't that the truth? Seems like it's always something else. Why can't we go back to the good old days? Like, you know, the Ramones. <laughs> now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline 509 547 1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547 1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Rob Francis, Frank Cooper, Ed Dawson on vacation. He will be back tomorrow. Perfection Tire. They have got four locations here around the Tri-Cities to serve you. They've been serving you for almost 60 years now. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, to see the full selection of tires. And tell you what, I hope you upgraded them or got better tires for, for what we got, Snowmageddon 2021. It's like every other year now we're getting hit with snow at a certain time of the year. And so now you can plan for it. Make sure you get those tires of Perfection Tire to help you get through the rough weather. And make sure your car is serviced as well. Make sure that those hoses are exactly as fresh and new as they should be. The belts are proper as well. They'll do tune-ups for you. They'll check everything out. Perfection Tire, four locations of the Tri-Cities, perfectiontire.com. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So uh, a few of the things that, uh, that we have been following at the at the national level, Ed. Frank. Frank, yeah. See, I'm all, I'm already like say it's back tomorrow. It's already already on the brink. It's all right, man. You only got the JV on stair, uh, chair two for just today. Uh, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, we, we've been watching this COVID nineteen bill that that everybody's been clamoring for, and, and where the focus has been has been on uh, the usual the usual talking points uh, could be another $1,400 for some people, maybe as much as $3,600 for really low income people um, in stimulus checks. And then it'll do this and this and this and this, but, 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 but then there's the fine print and the fine print is what's holding this bill up. Okay. We know the Senate passed reconciliation where they could pass any budget appropriate budget oriented bills. Right. With a simple majority. But there's a problem with that. And the problem is $15 an hour minimum wage isn't budgetary. It doesn't work in that regard. So you can't use reconciliation yeah, to pass that. That's a rough sticking point. It is a rough sticking point. We're going to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K&A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's Bernie from Kennewick. What's going on, Bernie? Uh, what was the website to go to uh, about the affordable gas? Affordable FuelWashington.com, I believe it was. Okay, I think that's right. all. Thanks. All right, you got it, Bernie. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, uh, Burn. the the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage is a big sticking point. It's a huge sticking point. Well, yeah, because you can't reconcile it, and believe it or not, there are places it's still seven twenty five or lower. You're on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K one A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Chuck from West Richland. What's going on, Chuck? 
Hey, I wanted to tell you, I, I called about something else, but I wanted to tell you on that minimum wage thing. This is something that they're teaching indoctrination style at the universities. They must be. Because I got a kid that's a junior at UW, and he keeps talking about how these low minimum wage are really just people using theft to enrich themselves. Talking about like farmers in Montana and stuff. I'm like, seriously? Come on, man. Wow. Did, did, just out of curiosity, Chuck, next time he throws that line to you, show him the study that UW actually did that showed the impact of the $15 minimum wage in Seattle and how not only did you lose jobs, but they also had workers actually asking to work less because they were losing benefits because they were making too much money. Totally true story. Yep. What I really wanted to call about, though, was this us getting to phase two, if that's cool with you for just a second. Go right ahead, man. We're going to be back to phase one before you know it, because I just went shopping, and I can't tell you how many people I saw with their teenage kids when both of them, the parent and the kids, walking around without masks. And they, those are the spreaders. We know those are the spreaders. Well, they were celebrating, Chuck. They were celebrating phase two, 25% perpetuity. Yeah. We'll be back at phase one before too long. The governor doesn't like us anyways. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. But we'll just have to watch uh, St. Mary's Hospital in Walla Walla. There you go. Make, there you go. Make sure that data reporting's on target. Thanks for the call, Chuck. Good to hear from you. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved in the program, you know the most brutal thing about this fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage is how it destroys communities that these people in their bubbles don't see. They don't see these small rural communities in places like Arkansas and down south, where people are operating. I mean, for goodness sakes, uh, you can you can buy a uh, uh, an historic mansion in Arkansas for two hundred thousand dollars. The same thing that, if existed in this market, would be over a million. How do they think they're going to survive with a fifteen dollar minimum wage in a market that cannot sustain that kind of income for everyday people? It just it just can't happen. Okay, so I'm gonna throw this out at you. All right, and and this this is gonna be this is the definition of what you were just talking about and what I preach as well. All right, regarding this. Elizabethville, Pennsylvania, is a population of 1,344. Elizabethville, Pennsylvania, is the smallest town in the United States with a Walmart. Oh, that's okay. impressive for that few people. Okay, they're the smallest town in the United States with a Walmart. If you have the federal minimum wage, double, more than double, because 725 is the federal minimum wage. Right. Okay, If it goes to $15 an hour, Walmart will be able to absorb that without a problem. Walmart will still be able to operate in Elizabethville, Pennsylvania. In fact, Walmart will be one of the premier places to work in Elizabethville, Pennsylvania. But what will happen is all of the mom and pop stores in Elizabethville, Pennsylvania will go by the wayside. They will close. You're talking about a place the size of uh, Benton City. Exactly. And so there goes the hometown bar that's probably been there for the last 75, 80 years. There goes the pharmacist down the way that's probably been there just as long. The mom-and-pop grocer that's probably barely surviving Walmart being in town because they might be just a little bit closer, and some old schoolers just prefer to go, you know, buy from Mabel. Absolutely, completely destroys entire communities by doing that. And and this is the thing. Walmart can absorb it. Yeah. yeah. Walmart can absorb it. Best Buy can absorb it. Home Depot can absorb it. Lowe's can absorb it. Kenneth Hardware can't absorb it. No, No, they cannot. They can't absorb it. They can't uh, just put up kiosks where people can self-checkout. Find you know? me a store in the Richland Uptown that can absorb it. Yeah, no kidding. Find me a store in downtown Kennewick that can absorb it. Yeah. it, it you can't. And Not imagine one. the bars and restaurants that now you're going to be going, to, and in some of them, they make $3 an hour. Welcome to plus $12 tips. shots of Jameson, guys. Hey, $12 shots of Jameson, that's conservative. Yeah, that's no on kidding. special night. <laughs> That's a ladies' night. That's on, that's on special night. You can get a bottle cheaper than you'll be able to get a shot in a bar if it goes to $15 an hour. 
What are you kidding? No kidding. Take a quick time out. Back with more of the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. At this. Hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. The phone number 547 1610 if you want to get involved. Jason Hogue, agent with American Family Insurance, waiting to hear from you. Hopefully, you were safe over the last few days out there driving on the roads. But if not, and you're unhappy with your insurance company as far as what's happening with your auto, if you were in a collision, contact Jason today. Talk to him about American Family Insurance's policies for auto. They have adult and teen safe driver programs, not to mention they have life insurance, homeowners insurance, small business insurance, and farm insurance, where they got their start almost 100 years ago. Set up a meeting with Jason right now at jasonhogue.com and find out what the only American Star certified agent with American Family Insurance can do for you. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So Back to this, back to this, this, this fifteen dollar minimum hour, minimum wage thing, that is so unbelievably overly agenda driven. This is going to help, and this is one of the things that I find funny, Frank. And tell me, tell me where I'm going to be off here. Democrats complain about Wall Street, yet you look at the donors list, and you look at more of them on Wall Street donate to Democrats than Republicans. You look at the fact that Dodd-Frank, that was passed by Democrats, jacked up credit card interest rates on 80% of Americans. Yep. Passed by Democrats. Wall Street loves Democrats. Don't don't let that lie to garbage fool you. No, we're, go, right. we're going to the going to the phones here up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Max from Kennewick. What's going on, Max? couple quick points. One, about regard to your discussion about the minimum wage, what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of your larger companies have anticipated this for some time, and they're automating like crazy, which is why you have self-checkout stuff and grocery stores. Uh, you know, even the agricultural industry, they're working fast and furious on apple-picking machines and everything like that. So, the demand for stoop labor and unskilled labor over time is probably going to go down considerably. We're not going to need unskilled labor from foreign countries, i.e. illegal immigrants, etc. And the minimum wage is just going to accelerate those changes. They're going to lose jobs big time. Uh, even the large companies aren't going to pay it because they're not going to pay somebody 15 bucks an hour to ask somebody if they need French fries or something. They're not stupid. Uh, and it's going to hurt us all. So it, it's a bad idea, I guess, is all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Max. It's absolutely a bad idea. It's, it's always been a bad idea. And, and this is the other part of it. It's the federal government dictating to the states that this is what it's going to be. And it doesn't matter. And once again, as we heard Representative Rude talk about in the last hour when he was talking about the, the phases, one size does not fit all. Yeah, absolutely right. Oregon found that out. Yeah, the hard way. Okay, Oregon found that out. Oregon has a tiered minimum wage. Mm. We do not in Washington State. 
We do not have a tiered minimum wage. So in Columbia County, it's thirteen eighty something an hour. Yeah. Just like it is in Benton County, just like it is in King County. Yep. Well, in Seattle it's fifteen. But in other parts yeah, of King County, it's it's thirteen eighty. There are other parts of the state, but but in the rural communities it's thirteen eighty an hour. Mm. And it's not sustainable. No, it's still still crushing them. It's absolutely not sustainable. But this push is to benefit Amazon a bit. Well, Amazon, it doesn't really matter. Most of the, they don't have really brick and mortars. They pay their people more than fifteen bucks an hour anyway, because yeah. most of them are tech oriented and so on and so forth. Right. But your Best Buys, your Home Depots, your Lowe's, your big box stores will survive this kind of a push, mm-hmm. and they will lose competition. So they will be able to swallow $15 an hour because they will increase sales. And you know, as well as I do, that places like Walmart are buying things penny on the dollar yeah. because of how large in bulk they buy, exactly not right. to mention the countries they buy from. That's the big one there. Which nobody's talking about the human rights violations in Cambodia. <laughs> Ain't that funny. Hey, nobody's... Time for yeah, that. it's awfully funny how Democrats don't complain about human violations, human rights violations in China. Yeah. Where eight-year-olds are sewing clothes yeah. for 20 cents an hour. Or worse. But that's okay. And the worst the worst part of all this is that the people that are hurt more than anything by this $15 an hour minimum wage are the poorest among us and the youngest among us. Yep. We need the young people getting out and getting menial, low-paying jobs so they can learn how to be productive citizens. And we need poor people and... For that matter, addicts, former addicts, things like that, people trying to get their life back in order, they have to start at ground level two. You know, and, 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 and that is a great point because there are businesses in this community that do that, that they will hire people yeah. that have just Columbia Industries gotten out of jail. They've just gotten out of prison or they are recovering addicts yeah. and they hire them to help them rebuild their lives. Are you going to do that at $15 an hour? I mean, they would love to, but they can't afford it. And that's, and that's again, that co- it comes down to, to that situation. You want to give people a second chance. Yeah. You want to give a 16-year-old kid the opportunity to learn accountability, responsibility, yeah. to learn self-worth, to build self-esteem through accomplishment and success. It's America. We need to build the American dream. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Jeff from Pasco. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, just yeah, thinking about that fifteen dollar an hour thing, and you know, you guys said it. Where somebody who's been in a job like I have for you know six, seven, eight years, if somebody new comes by and makes fifteen dollars for just hiring on, that's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your eighteen or twenty an hour worth now? Now that you had to work so hard for it, and someone comes in right yeah. beneath you, kind of makes yeah. your uh, makes your work that you did, your life that you spent, feel a little. Uh, I don't know, a little less worth it. You know, I always, I always consider yeah. that you've got to remember that a job or anything like that you're getting paid for, you're getting paid that money because you're taking that time out of your life you will never get back. And so what yeah. was all that sacrifice and all that time, what was all that for if all of a sudden everything you worked for is worth less? Exactly. You know, and the, the, the thought just occurred to me is like, well, if they're going to do that, then I'm going to start billing them for a time lost with, you know, kids and you know if prices are going up for gas and groceries and everything else like well then here's a nice bill and i'm not i'm not gonna pay uh taxes then if, that, if you want guys want it that way well you, you tell them hey man things are tough all over yeah because you know it's kind of true and they're they're making it that way they're making it hard on us yep 
Willie, appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Five four seven one six ten. If you want to get involved, and you know, I was technically I was twelve and I had my first job. I was working under the table. Mm-hmm. My first paying job. I was fifteen. Yep, that's same here. And I couldn't wait to get a job. Couldn't wait to have my own money. Couldn't wait to have a check. Couldn't my oldest wait. son is in the same boat. Yeah, couldn't wait to do it. Now, good luck. Yeah, there's a lot of they've taken a lot of the incentive to be the classic American, which. You know, I don't care what they try to say today. is not defined by creed, color, or anything like that. It's it's all about the content of your character, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. And they're taking that incentive away. If we don't incentivize the work ethic that we need to continue building a country, then we're going to get this UBI. Then we're going to have people that have zero drive, zero ambition, and we have an entire country that, for one, is lazy and slothish, but two, will be incredibly easy to overthrow. Just takes a little bit of time to get everybody squishy enough. Well, but here's the other part of it too: is you continue to increase your relationships, or you continue to minimize the impact of relationships with countries like China, borrow more money from them, mm-hmm. and then continue to overlook the intellectual property theft and so on and so forth, and right. then look at companies like Apple that are so in bed with China. That you, you begin to look at it and you go, okay, well, at what point in time do we just, yeah. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, Dawson Kennewick. What's on your mind? You know, one of the things that I hear quite frequently for the proponents of the $15 an hour wage, they feel it's unfair that people have to work more than one job to make ends meet. How many times stories have we heard over the years about mother and father working jobs or dad having two jobs or three jobs? And for some unknown reason, they were able to make it, and the child was not harmed. The child understood what hard work meant, and he appreciated what the parents did for them because they worked so hard. I'm How a product of that. do we hear about that? Yes, things are hard. I can remember my, my dad talking about having to <laughs> scraping the very bottom of, of peanut butter cans just have enough food for my for my mom and him to eat. That was when she was pregnant with me. Don't tell me it can't be done, because it can be. You just have to exercise more effort. Sometimes it's hard for folks. But if you want something bad enough, you have to work bad enough and hard enough to accomplish the goal. That really is the end of the story. That's all i got to say. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Going back to this line, you're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Hi, guys. It's Joe. What's up, Joe? So I have a kind of an odd question about this $15 minimum wage. So in restaurants and stuff, the waitresses usually are making less money. So if we raise all these people to $15 an hour, do I still have to tip? <laughs> well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, the, well, look, Joe. them to $15 an hour all along, so... Well, Are they going to get rid of tipping as a rule? Well, but here's the thing, and, and this is the interesting thing that you brought up about tipping, Joe, because one, um, tipping for us in America feels like it's something that we have to do, even though it is something you don't have to do. Tipping in Europe, they don't do. Tipping in a lot of countries, they don't do. Yeah. In fact, they, well, they'll, if, they, if they get good service, they'll leave like uh, something extremely nominal. But it's not like 10% or 15% or, or people telling you that, well, what you should leave if you like the service is 20% of the bill. That doesn't happen in Europe and other countries. But we, we've got this thing in, ingrained in our heads 
that if we get good service, that we we tip that person that, that does that. And we do have a lot of places in the country that has a an altered wage for people that are servers. Washington State and Oregon doesn't have that. So you make minimum wage in Washington State, and you get tips, which is why people that are in the service industry in Washington State make good money and can afford good homes because they, they get good salaries. Yeah. It can be a sweet gig. But no, you don't have to. I think the the whole thing with tipping is is a purely American thing in that it's you're you're spending money like an American, and that you're 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 not only buying your meal, but you are magnanimous enough that you will give an additional ten fifteen percent that's not required just to show appreciation. But those tips held made up for the difference in the wage. Yeah, and that was the point of that. I mean, yeah, I, no, I, I had a buddy of mine that that worked as a as a server at a steakhouse in New Jersey in the nineteen eighties. They got two dollars and three cents an hour. Right, but probably made a buck fifty in tips a night. And by that I mean one hundred fifty. Oh well, yeah, yeah, no, but that's what I mean. But also remember, too, at that time, food was cheaper. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, so, so ten percent on nine bucks isn't even a dollar. Yeah, it was nothing. You know, and, and back then, ten percent was what you tipped. Yeah, standard. But you know, those tips made up the difference because at the time the minimum wage was five bucks yeah yeah i hear it. no i understand completely. so yes i mean it made up the difference in in in, in what you were saying once you got to the difference then you declared what was left right but or you were supposed to yeah but you know now that you get to this point no it, it is a question it's a fair question and there are restaurants that have gone to no tipping yeah because the wages increased so much that in some cases it has become a detriment to servers because they have to declare, and some places will declare for them. Yep, yes, they do. That it becomes a detriment, and they become overtaxed, and they lose money, so they go to a no tip situation. Mm-hmm. So that balance is there, but we also know anybody that's worked in the service industry that if you leave a tip on a card, can't avoid it. Yeah, if you leave a cash tip. Well, that comes down to the discretion of the server. If you're going to be cool, you always tip in cash. But that comes down to the discretion of the server as to whether or not they declare (laughs) a tip that can't be traced. So, But if you put it on a card, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's got to be declared. Right. Um, So, But, yes, it does bring up that question because, look, you're now going into a situation, and what one of the other callers brought up, too, and this is where you're going to start getting things really hairy. When he talked about, you know, I'm in a job five, six years, and somebody's going to come in making this rate, well, where's my bump? Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing you're going to get to. Where are the bumps for people that make over $15 an hour already to rectify their wage against what it's going to be? And then it was all for nothing because you just reset the system but at a higher bar. But you know what are usually worked in? Hmm. Okay, for example, we saw this the other year during the, during the negotiations with the Kenwick Teachers Union. Eight percent one year, ten percent the next year. Right. Who gets eighteen percent in two years? Who gets eight percent in one year? Who gets ten percent in one year? Who gets ten percent? How many people can sit there and say they haven't gotten an eight percent raise in ten years? Or ever? Combined. Eight <laughs> percent combined in yeah. ten years. Yeah. You're getting eighteen percent in two years. Sweet gig. But again, most of the time when you see these contracts, they're usually there's usually a stipend if they've got a really good negotiator. Right. That they negotiate an increase that goes along with the minimum wage to keep the wage above anybody that would come in with the impact of the minimum wage. Right. But the problem is that the rest of us don't have, you know, 
a wonderful lawyer working for a teachers union to help us negotiate with our bosses. Well, or any public service union. Yeah, we, we just got us. Any any public service union. That yeah. was just one example. Yeah. But any public service union. Yeah. You, a lot of them have a kick in to where if the minimum wage goes up, wage goes up accordingly. So that it, it they get that. Nobody else gets that. No. I can tell you we're not going to get that. No. And then watch your cost of goods and services and labor just up. up Absolutely. Up, 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 up. Because the cost is always passed on to the consumer. Always passed on to the consumer. Going to take our final time out here on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Come back and wrap things up on this Tuesday afternoon. Final thoughts 547 1610. Give us your bottom line. Call 509 547 1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Final few moments here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. It is Tuesday afternoon. Got a few emails we want to share with you. Cynthia in Kennewick said the Heritage Foundation did a study that showed child care going up over $6,000 per year in Mississippi due to a $15 an hour minimum wage. And that's one of the worst states that can afford an increase like that in the country. No kidding. Anthony in Pasco said all these hikes and gas taxes, which originally were for road repairs and construction, when are electric cars going to pay their fair share? Well, Anthony, they do get hit with a surcharge. Um... I believe right now it's $75. There's been discussion to increase that surcharge, and there's also been discussion to institute a uh, a mileage tax that would uh, impact elect- uh, drivers of electric vehicles as well, but none of that has moved forward at this point in time, with the exception of the $75 uh, licensing fee. Jamie in Umatilla said, think of the cost of gas in Oregon with mandatory gas servers getting paid $15 an hour. Yep. And a message from our free mobile app on Google Play and the Apple Store. Some folks just need to be thankful for working. Whining about wages is just childish. Well, I guess it all depends on how you look at it. It's more along the lines of, um, sorry, message cut out. Whining about I want more because I'm entitled. There we go. I'm glad we got that before we finished uh, from the same uh, person who reached out to us on the mobile app. Um, Look... We've gotten to a point in in our society where people just want to be paid to be alive. They they don't want to do anything for it. Um, That's why the UBI is so huge, the whole Yang Gang thing. Well, it was before him, but Finland had a UBI, and they stopped it because the government ran out of money. Yeah, exactly true. Because eventually, guess what happens? People run out of money. Yeah, if no one's working, you can't keep making money. When, when, when the taxation rate is 70%, which, by the way, it was in this country before the Great Depression. Right. Taxation was 70% in this country. That was, that was the income tax, 70%. You, you don't have anything left. You have no property ownership. You don't have anything else. When, so when you finally got into the bottom of the barrel and you're giving people money, but yet you can't bring in enough money to give everybody the money you promised them, you have to stop giving the money. And that's a problem you run into with the UBI. It's a problem you run into with the UBI. And it's a problem you run into with a lot of these taxes. Because all, if all you continue to do is take money from people, they're eventually going to go somewhere and find a way to protect their money that you can't have it. When you're taking away people's natural incentive to work, to create, to be competitive. Oh, you're taking away a lot more than just that. Um, you're, you're taking away significantly more than just that. And, and you're moving us closer to Mad Max than you are anything else. And I don't mean that in reference to our caller. I mean that in reference to our movie. More bottom line back tomorrow afternoon report on your way next.